In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have a wonderful show today. We are going to welcome back uh, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. She is wonderful. She's going to talk about worry with us today. Just how much do we worry and strategies for winding it down, and worry is a big, big part of the military lifestyle and then we're going to wrap out the show with Stephen Boyd who's our veteran correspondent and he's going to talk about why we should as a veteran pursue benefits in the VA system how to get into the system and if someone has health insurance can they still go to the VA which Rob these are really really big questions and issues facing our military families today. I think it is important sometimes to have an extra hand in navigating some of the uh, the, the system. It's you you go you you think that <laughs> I've got these benefits, or yes, I know that they exist, but how to get them and how to find them and really do I need to find them? Is it worth it? I think not only exist uh, current veterans that are just coming home, but also those veterans who've been around for a while um, and have been home for a bit may still be uh, surprised to to realize what's what's out there for them. Absolutely. You know, my dad went through a big learning curve um, with his veteran benefits because, you know, he went something like, oh, I don't know, 45 years between his... You know, his service and, and going to see what benefits were available sure. to him. And that was a, a big deal for him. And I think that's very true. Stephen isn't quite as old as your dad, obviously, but he's he's um, coming right up there. And it's true that there are a lot of things that maybe veterans who've been home for a while really need to step back and say, gee, should, should I really bother? Should I go? And it really is going to surprise them if they if they do pursue it. So we hope some of the advice Steve has will will encourage people to go and check it out. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you have some great information for us today on the USO. And it's so funny, Rob, because when I think of the USO, I think of like the 1940s. I don't think about it in present day. 
Well, and this is the, this is, we got an email from someone and I'm just trying to pull her back up. We had her as a guest not too long ago and her blog is Gina Left the Mall. And uh, if you recall that wonderful uh, conversation that we had with her, her whole point was, I know the military's out there. I know that they're doing a great job for us. But I never thought of my personal relationship with these veterans and uh, these soldiers or these heroes and what are they doing for me personally. And this woman has started a blog and she has had a a whole initiative to really uh, drive awareness home. A recent blog that she uh, wrote about was her conversation with an Air Force mom who was also a USO volunteer and the impact that she had on some families that were saying goodbye to their loved ones at an air at an airport. So I personally went to the USO website and have you do you have it pulled up Sandra on your I do computer. It's uso.org. The programs that are involved with this whole USO organization is amazing. There's some families of fallen uh, the fallen support. There is some um, care packages. There's free Afghan language programs. There's uh, holiday boxes. There's reading mili- uh, United Through Readings military program. There's a children's little segment in here called Sesame Street. I haven't plugged into that yet. But there, there's a, a tremendous amount of support that is built into this whole USO organization. And all I think of, unfortunately, are those wonderful Bob Hope tours that used to go out and perform to the soldiers. There's so much more. You know, it's so exciting to see this because, you know, even their website, you know, and I'm going to say this as a lot of the military websites are really poorly done. You know, they're okay. outdated. They're they're really just in tough shape. And this one's a great website because it gives you a lot of information. Things are easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can make a donation. You can write in the wish book. I mean, they really, really do a good job. Um, so if you want to, you know, get on the site, I think it's well worth uh, looking at because there's so much more than I ever thought possible. Me too. And as I say, I just feel kind of guilty all of these years thinking of the USO and they only once that can I ever remember getting a little piece of mail looking for donations. Um, obviously, they 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 need donations. This is not a... a uh, an organization that's a for-profit, that's for sure. They they turn their um, donations right around and put it to such good use. Wow. I, I just thought it was worth encouraging people to go and visit. I've got to click on Sesame Street and find out what Sesame <laughs> Street's all about. I was doing the about. same thing. I'm like, there's Elmo, there's the facts, there's videos, you know, that you can watch. And, you know, and I know there's deployment videos on iTunes. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you uh, type in Sesame Street Military or Sesame Street Deployment, they do a really good job in their deployment video, you know, explaining things to kids. And, you know, and I just think it's so important that we um, have all these resources available to us as families, because I know as a single mom, and I'm sure as a married mom too, Rob, I don't have all the answers. I don't even come close. 
And I think, too, there's so many times when children ask questions and you think, all right, I want to be as honest as I can with my kids, but sometimes you want to bring it down to their digestible level so that you're not creating stress, but you're also being honest with them. And we'll talk more about children's stress, I'm sure, with Dr. Phillips when she's on. But I think it's very difficult sometimes to be able to just have the right answer and I think it's I remember with my kids I would sit on the couch and we would watch something and then we'd sit and talk about it for a few minutes and those conversations were so valuable because whatever we saw on TV in that particular program would then open up questions that we would have and I'm sure you do the same thing with the boys it's um absolutely if I can find something you know sometimes it's really hard to find like a frame of reference what you're talking about Mm -hmm. so that we can talk to them in an age appropriate way I know with Mm -hmm. some of these Sesame Street videos and some of the kids videos that I watch on the internet and I watch with my kids they give me the language you know they give me the Mm -hmm. right way to say something so that it's not scary it's not overwhelming you know Mm -hmm. because a lot of these military words and acronyms i mean geez they're hard enough for us much less a bunch of little kids that's right that's right but sometimes it's even just um it might be how to stand up or how how to empower a child to be able to feel strong enough to be able to say my mom or my dad isn't here right now. A kid might say, your mom didn't even bother to come to show and tell or whatever it was. And and that child having enough strength to say, my mom is busy right now. My mom is away right now for a good reason. And, and having the strength to be able to say that is important. So It um, is. And especially when they see other kids. You know, I yeah. know with my little guys, when they see another kid articulate something or say something like, you know, recently my little one said, you know, mom, it really stinks that I have to go back and forth to dad's house. And he's like, you know, other kids wow. don't have to do that. And we mm-hmm. were reading through this book, uh, Dinosaur's Divorce. And the little dinosaur says something like, you know, this stinks. I have to go back and forth between the two houses. But then he says, but I get, you know, twice as many toys because there's toys at mom's house and dad's house. And it would have never occurred to me to bring up the benefit and the negative and to articulate it that way. And, you know, that book or the videos, they really help you as a parent when you don't know what to do or don't know what to say. Yeah, definitely. And it also opens the door because sometimes it's really hard to just sit your kid down and say, we're going to have a talk right now. (laughs) And the I first thing the, they say is, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I remember the, the the best place to talk was in the car because you were they were a captive audience and, and you didn't have any interruptions. Of course, back then we didn't have cell phones to ring while we were driving. <laughs> but um, it was, uh, it, yeah, I think so many times by watching a program or to be able to sit and chat during the program, you know what I used to do when my kids were little, I, I didn't want them seeing as many commercials. Commercials. And I used to videotape back in the day with in videotape land. Um, we would I would video them and um, x out the commercials. I would pause it during the commercials so we didn't have all the commercials. And even if we were watching Power Rangers or we were watching He Man or whatever the cartoons were back in those days, we would say, "Well, gee, how do you think they felt about that action? Or how do you think that?" character uh felt by this other one doing whatever 
it really brought up a lot of good conversation. So quality time, you know, I we guess. don't, you know. Well, and I found a lot of videos like at TJ Maxx and Ross and, you know, the, the, um, you know, just the, the discount stores. But the only problem with that is they would watch videos that were like three years old and then we couldn't find any of the toys in the store. <laughs> I know. And you know what's interesting? Even if it wasn't the same toy, sometimes having that play action after you've had the conversation. I remember Ross playing with his quote-unquote guys, and that would be, you'd hear the same conversation. And he would say, I don't like the fact that you said this to me, or you made me uncomfortable by saying that. It's just amazing. You know, on the other side of the break, we're trying to get Dr. Phillips on the phone. Um, Dr. Suzanne Phillips is uh, a psychologist. Psychologist, a psychoanalyst, and a certified group therapist. She's always here with some good information. When we uh, are able to get her on the phone, we're going to have a great chat with her about worry, about strategies for winding it down. So please stay with us. This is Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togenet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Help us out. Put your name at the top of his list and a Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are going to welcome Dr. Suzanne Phillips. She's a repeat uh, success on our show. She's a very, very well-versed uh, woman in the uh, areas of... Um, psychology and PTSD and today we're going to talk about worry and worry is such a big part of our lives not just in military families in any family if you're a mom I think you're just you just crank up that worry gene what do you say Rob <laughs> what mother doesn't worry it's true and I think um you, we all have worry, but when it becomes excessive and when it becomes debilitating, that's when we have to step back and say, all right, we need some guidance. And hopefully, Dr. Suzanne, you're going to give us some of that. Hi, Suzanne. Yep. Hi, guys. How are you? Wonderful. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. So, Dr. Phillips, what is worry? Can you just, I mean, I know I felt it, but can you give us some words as to what worry is? Okay, so worry is the negative thinking that we do in the face of real or anticipated threat. It's the thinking part of the physical heart racing, the short breathing, the sweaty palms. It's the thinking part of what we physically experience when we get scared. The problem is is that we have the hunch that worry is a good way to solve problems that if we worry, we're going to accomplish something positive. That's not always the case. Why do some people worry more than others? I mean, I, I, and why do we worry some more in certain times in our life than others? Well, we should say, and I think um, Robin said it when you, when you were speaking just before I came on, we all worry. In fact, you couldn't function if you didn't worry because a certain amount of worry we need to plan ahead, make decisions, um, ask for help, etc. It's when it becomes excessive that it's a problem. Now, it's interesting. We often worry more at different parts of our life because we've experienced something that has in some way disrupted our sense of safety. We've observed someone else have something in their lives that even as a distance might have frightened us. And or we physically don't feel strong. One of the reasons people worry so much at night or during the middle of the night is think of it. We are somewhat regressed. We are not at our strongest. And actually, I say to people all the time, what seems impossible and as cause for worry when you're really tired often feels very different in the morning. Is that why we come up with all these crazy things in the middle of the night? I know I do. Like 2 o'clock in the morning, I come up with these harebrained solutions, you know, that in the light of day are just ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I actually think it's true. I think we also at night, think about it, we're tired, we're somewhat regressed, and we have nothing else to do but ruminate. We should be sleeping. And one of the things we're going to see when we talk about ways to deal with worry is just worrying more and more really puts you into a real vicious cycle 
in which nothing good happens but more worry, which means you probably won't sleep, which is why I say to people all the time, whenever we think about worry, and let's just think about it in terms of in the middle of the night, try to substitute. Remember, worry is rumination. It's thinking. So if we can move from thinking to action, we're always going to be better. Get up in the middle of the night, write down what it is you're worried about, leave it from mind to paper, and go back to sleep. Often when you wake up in the morning and look at it, just as you're saying, Robin, you're thinking, I was worried about that? <laughs> or, oh, I, I, all right, I can handle that. What, what, what feels very unworkable in the middle of the night often is very different. But you want to move it off the rumination cycle and put it into action, put it onto paper, share it with a friend. We want to break the cycle. You know, I was just going to ask you about a journal on your bed on your bedstand. If that was something that you really uh, felt was helpful, because so many times, whether it be a, a positive concern or a, a negative concern, sometimes those thoughts that do come in in the middle of the night are are you you wake up and you say, "Oh, gee, I know I had something in my mind," and you don't remember them. It, it really is helpful to have that journal there, isn't it? Well, it's also helpful, particularly for moms, because all of us have so much to do. So sometimes Mm -hmm. the thing that we're worrying about is, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? So if you write down the to-do list and leave it on the list, it at least lifts it out of worry cycle. It's on the list. In the morning, uh, you'll figure it out. But that move and that list next to your bed or that, that little book that you keep there is really a very good strategy. I would say keeping a journal during the day, even whether it be a diary or just some kind of a a tablet of some sort, must be good too because I would say organizing your thoughts might help alleviate some of the stress in worrying about getting everything done because I think we in our minds look at a whole picture, um, looking at I've got 19 things that are pending, they all have to get done. I can't deal with it, I'm under stress, I give up. Whereas at least if you put things down in somewhat of a, and it could just be on the back of a post-it, I'm a post-it girl, I'll tell you, my desk always has post-its all over it. But at least those that gives you a more finite thing to focus on and you're looking at step one and only dealing with the one topic that's on the post-it. How, okay. how would you say that that is, is going to help people? Okay, so so we'll distinguish it between problem-solving for something that you have to do. So it probably makes sense to put the the post-its around, keep the list. But when we talk about excessive worry, we're talking about the, 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 the kind of cycle someone gets in in which they can't stop thinking about this. They... It has stopped being problem-solving. In fact, when worry becomes excessive, a person can become so depleted that they actually are not doing good problem-solving. So the first step would be if, in fact, putting it on that Post-it and knowing you're not going to have to worry about calling that doctor, you're not going to have to worry about sending that form, there it is on the Post-it, you're going to do it. The type of person who, after they put it on the post-it, and this is all of us in certain things, can't stop thinking about it, for that person we suggest what we call postponement. There's very few of us who, when someone says, don't worry about it, 
stop worrying. That just doesn't work. And no one in the world, I love when people say you love to worry. No, they don't. No one loves to worry. So if you find you're one of these people who even after you put the post-it up, you're still going. One of the things that seems to be very effective, and we've seen research show this, is postponement. That is, you decide, I'm not going to worry until a designated time, which will be the time I'll worry. I will worry from 7 to 8 at night. So when the worry cycle starts to kick in, if you really want to work on this as a strategy, you're literally saying, okay, that's something that I'm going to worry about and think about at 7. And we invite you to do something else at that moment instead. That's when you start cooking, you go for the walk, you pick up the novel, you go pick up the kids from soccer, you replace the worry, which you've now postponed to later, to to another task. What happens is you shift the emotional stress cycle. And the funniest thing that happens, actually, is at 7 o'clock, you actually probably often don't want to worry. By then, you've shifted it. The over-worry, the excessive worry, which is more a symptom of real anxiety, sometimes people really feel, well, I don't really need to think about that anymore. Or, "Uh, okay, I'm all right with it now. It works very well with children, too. You can invite children to have a worry box in their head where let's put it in the worry box. I know about it. You know about it. We'll talk about it later. Children feel very much supported, and it sort of contains it. But with adults, it's really striking when they decide, I'm not going to give my whole day to worry. That's going to happen at a designated time. Hmm. Um, Hey, Dr. Phillips. I do. I do. Because, you know, and I love the worry box for kids. I think that's so smart. Um, But my thing is, is the 2 o'clock in the morning till 4.30 in the morning worry of stuff that you can't control. Like, you know, where is my partner, you know, somewhere overseas? I don't know where he is or where my son or daughter is. And I can't, I can't ratchet it down um, to a safety standpoint or to a, a point where I can say, well, I'll just do this in the morning and it's it's sometimes overwhelming because you get you're tired it's the middle of the night you know and I know we'll have to come back I think to this after the break um, because I'm sure it's an involved answer and um, some solution for those 2 a.m. and I see it on pods uh, Dr. Phillips when I go on pods in the middle of the night which is parents of deployed soldiers okay. there's a whole bunch of people that are up all night long mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay well do we have time to answer now uh, some of it, uh, Sandy? We get about a um, minute. Actually, w- let's have Rob take us to commercial break, and we'll bring that back up after the break. Okay. Yeah, you know, we want to make sure that we do let people know about Parents of Deployed Service members. It is a Facebook group. Uh, it's one of many resources, but we do have Marcella Stretch, the founder of that, on our show quite often. We'll be having her on later on in the year um, a, a few times here and there because uh, this is a wonderful resource for when you do get up in the middle of the night and you want to pop onto Facebook and you just put a little concern that you've got on there and there's so many people who have been there done that and they certainly understand um, uh, 
where you're coming from and they will certainly give you that support that you need right at the moment. You will also want to make sure that you check out iTunes and check out our website because if you want to catch some of the past shows that we've had from uh, either Marcella Stretch or some of our other conversations with Dr. Phillips, they're right there on iTunes and on our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. We'll be back in a moment with more with Dr. Suzanne Phillips right after this break. We're on the Toganet Network with you this afternoon. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. What does success mean to you? Money? Power? Fame? Having everything money can buy? Does it mean having a job or career that you love? A great family life? Or simply to be happy? If you're still searching for answers, then join us each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Primetime Success Radio, where Alan Skidmore and his special guests will discuss health, finances, relationships, being in business, and how you can have a life that is not only successful, but a life of meaning. Alan has been studying success principles for over 25 years through reading, attending seminars, interviewing successful people, and a daily lesson from the School of Hard Knocks. And now he wants to share that information with you. So join Alan Skidmore on Primetime Success Radio every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network, as he takes you on a journey of finding the heart of your success. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military 
Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have guest Dr. Suzanne Phillips today, and we're talking about worry. And for those of you military moms that stay up in the middle of the night like I do, and I see a lot of you on Parents of Deployed Soldiers, a Facebook group, it seems to start about 1.30 in the morning and taper off about 4.30, and that's, I think, when our imagination goes wild. And I know, uh, Dr. Suzanne, that's when my worry, and if you want to call it anxiety, whatever, just zooms right through the roof. Okay. Okay, so here, let's come up with three possibilities of what we might do given that very situation. Um, the first refers back to the, to the website you were talking about, because one of the strategies for anxiety and worry going through the roof and being alone with it is what we call share and air. Now, some people can actually call a friend at 1.30 in the morning, and if you have that kind of friend, that's okay. One of the things we know is that when you actually connect with others, you've already, just by reason of the connection, to the group online, to a friend, boom, you're going to drop some of that anxiety. When you actually verbalize a worry, often, just in airing it, you invite a more realistic perspective. So that if you are talking to another military mom and saying, but I was thinking, I, I'm not sure where they're moving at this point, A, just sharing it has value. B, when we share something with someone else who's been in a similar situation, very often is they hold it for us. Just, for instance, if we have parents of a deployed male or female, one of our service people, our young people, just one telling the other, we so often talk about containment with couples, just saying, I'm worried about Jeffrey, I keep thinking about Jeffrey, for, for a dad to say, I hear you, but I know our Jeffrey, and I'm feeling good about him. That's a way to containing it. Just saying, I hear you, let's talk about it tomorrow. That's the way to contain it. One of the reasons that our children... Military children or spouses often tell us these things as they're asking us to hold it for them. The other pieces when we share, and this is where I think your website is so valuable, is it's very hard to hold on to excessive worry when someone interrupts it with another way of thinking, which is they're really trained. They know what they're doing there. we got to believe in them. Or someone says, you know what I do? When I start to worry, I pray, and it makes me feel better. Or someone else says, you know what I do? I write a letter to Jeffrey, and I ask him what I think he'd say about what I'm worrying about. That is, what they do is interrupt the worry with something concrete. They air it or share it, and they in some way try to use the strength of the other person or even of the person they're worried about to change that inner dialogue. Sometimes I suggest to people that it's our most frightened self that worries. And as mothers, when we think or someone we love or one of our kids could potentially even be in, in danger, we're very stuck with the what-ifs. If we do, though, look at the whole story of that young person or our partner, and we remember who that person is, and we even remember some of our own strengths in coping, sometimes we can change the inner dialogue to... But I know Jeffrey. He somehow always manages to figure a way out. Or Jeffrey would say, Mom, go to sleep. Or that is, 
One of the things we're saying that worry does is that unless we interrupt it by the help of other folks, putting words to it, putting action to it, sometimes you feel you have to do something and you do not know what to do. In the middle of the night, certainly, you're not going to do much. But you can write. You can get online. You can write a letter. You can keep a diary. But you can also access really the strength of the person you're worrying about. Because if they were sitting there with you, they would say, Mom, I'm okay, go to bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, they would. They'd be like, stop it. You're just being ridiculous. But you know what? That's what we do as moms. Yes. But and I sometimes think we also Seuss- don't realize from a physical point of view that when we worry about the what ifs, we take away our strength for the what actually happens. You can become so depleted, because that's the other thing to talk to yourself about. You can become so depleted by the what-ifs that you are less strong, less physically able, and actually your problem-solving doesn't get better and better when you worry about the what-ifs. So even if we catch yourself and say, well, wait a minute, what am I doing with the what-ifs? i got to stay strong, because giving yourself a different mission when someone you love is deployed, the mission at home... One mother said she was so worried that she was afraid she was going to contaminate the kids with the worry. So they decided their mission was to um, put together packages and go throughout the community, um, inviting people to help them put together packages of candy, toiletries, whatever it was, and that for as long as she had the mission, she knew what she wasn't going to move from the anxiety where she couldn't do a thing to something she actually could do related to her service person. I like the thing that you just said uh, shortly ago is that we have to trust our, that our loved one is trained and is extremely capable in the field that they're in. Mm-hmm. Because I think as a family member, especially if we're the mother of a service person, we don't think of our loved one as an adult right. that's capable of doing the things that the service is asking true? them to do. We're thinking of that little kid that's sitting on the end of the bed that needs a hug because, uh, you know, the, the dog is lost outside or whatever. <laughs> and... Um, I, I think that that in and of itself is so reassuring. Dr. Phillips, do you have some some how-tos as far as relaxation uh, tips so that maybe before we go to bed, we can sort of cleanse our minds to the point where we might not be as, uh, our minds be as busy so that we might sleep a little bit longer and not wake up? Um, well, something that is going to, come as a surprise in terms of the simplicity of it is we always talk about regulating our breathing. If you would picture, and our listen, listeners would picture, and you know, people have talked about certain counting, etc., but here is the easiest way to do it. If you literally sat on a chair and you put your hands behind you, right around the outside of that chair, just by reason of that position, you've moved yourself into diaphragmatic breathing. You are going to you are going to start to lower that stress. If you put Wait, your so hands you behind your head together, that is another way to automatically be in a better breathing position. There are many people, and I'm working with people in this in this day, day and age of technology who have found wonderful relaxation apps. 
one young man whose wife's about to have triplets, so you could imagine how anxious this person could be. Um, he actually finds, as a medical person, he actually finds, he puts on the app, he puts on the earphones. It really brings down the stress. Anything that we can do to neurophysiologically bring down the stress is a good thing. Now, here's something that I, I really want to share about websites and the Internet and anything with that kind of lighting, including a Kindle. Go on, talk with the community, email, send your message, and then shut that thing off. Because one of the problems is that we found that the lighting, particularly in a dark room, of computers, of Kindles, is actually very stimulating. Mm -hmm. It's a great thing if you want to wake up. It is not a great thing if you want to start to come down to fall into sleep. It's the reason that we're worried about kids sleeping with cell phones. And boy, do we all do it, I, I have yes. to say. <laughs> and, and, you, and you can see how it gets you because you start out at your site, and it's terrific, and it's community, but all of a sudden you're so stimulated, now you're shopping online. Mm -hmm. So that at that point, you're rolling. The problem is you're rolling into more and more hyperarousal in some way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So regulating, you know how we talk about moderating media for the little ones, the teens, um, that's true also of our military parents and our military spouses. We are dying to know more and see more, but actually sleep is so reparative, we have to somehow moderate connectedness, and I know how important that is to be on the site, to email back and forth to, with others who are really dealing with similar situations, but at some point we've got to shut it down. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, and Dr. Phillips, I know a lot of moms from, you know, being in this Facebook group and a bunch of other ones, they sleep with their cell phones by their head. Usually it's an iPhone with mm -hmm. Facebook on with the dinger. So they know when they get that green dot and their son or daughter in Iraq or Afghanistan or Korea logs on, they're there. And that's the yeah. middle of the night here. And, I, you know, so we're, we're setting up for failure, even though we want to talk to our kids. Yeah, I know. It's it's a very, very difficult one. It's funny, with one military couple, to try to disrupt that, they promised each other that they would not do that every night, and instead they wrote in, each of them kept a parallel diary. They wrote the date and what they would have said that day and what happened, and then they touched base once or twice a week. But the real present was going to be that when they came home, they were going to read those diaries together. Oh, yeah. Dr. Phillips, we've come to the end of this segment as well, and there's always so much more that we want to talk to you about, so I hope you'll agree to come back and visit us soon. It's always a pleasure, and my best regards, and uh, my um, gratitude to all those who are serving. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Dr. Suzanne Phillips, uh, all of your information is just so valuable to each and every one of us, and we do appreciate that. On the other side of the upcoming break, we have a gentleman named Stephen Boyd. His name sounds familiar, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> he has been a veteran for quite a while because he served uh, active duty Army for uh, a number of years. He served in Korea and in Vietnam. And he now, at this uh, age, is experiencing the VA from a very different perspective. We'll have more from Stephen when we come back.
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, Fairy Tale. Wishesinc.com and for Diana, the next big zing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true with the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Diana Cohen on Toginet.com. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out her website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's in. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have our veteran correspondent, uh, Stephen Boyd, with us today, and we're going to talk all about why uh, would a veteran pursue benefits in the VA system, because I had the same conversation with my dad. Stephen, welcome to the show. Oh, where is he? I'm here. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) (laughs) Phew. <laughs> so, Stephen. Yes. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Rob. Why should a veteran pursue benefits in the VA system? I mean, we hear such terrible things all the time. Yeah, that was uh, that's something that I had heard when when I first got out, and never really had a need to go other than for uh, educational benefits. Now that I'm in a situation where I need the uh, health care, um, it's it's. I'm finding out more than just going in and talking to the doctor and getting medication or whatever. 
Um, probably the most important thing to get hooked up with a VA with for most veterans is uh, getting a VA home loan. Uh, that's that's the one thing that I did when I first got out was uh, and when Robin and I had to uh, buy our first house, which was so critical. Now, most veterans don't know even where to begin. Now, I spoke with my uh, son-in-law, who was a uh, recent uh, uh, Marine escapee, um, <laughs> and he told me that when he got out before they were discharged, they actually gave classes on the benefits that were available to these kids, kids from my perspective. And uh, the representatives from the VA actually came in and told them all that they were eligible for. Now, with the older folks, um, when I got back from Vietnam, I went through Fort Lewis, Washington, and it was, uh, here's your Class A's, here's your discharge papers, go home. Thanks a lot. That was the end of it. <laughs> did they even say thanks? I don't think so, uh, did they? <laughs> I don't think they did. They said, get the hell out of here or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at uh, the more things that I investigate, uh, primarily for this show, is that it's... I'm, I've got a desk in front of me right now with so much paperwork, I can't even e explain everything that's available to these people. Um, I have publications. Uh, everybody was anxious to uh, talk to me about the fact that uh, I was on this radio show and just handing me more and more information. And uh, a lot of the things I'll, I'll tell about are for... Uh, primarily for Vietnam era vets, but it, it covers everybody. Um, when veterans get out, the first thing they should probably do is check um, with the Veterans uh, Administration Regional Office. That's the first place to go. Uh, they can hook you up with everything that you need. Um, the next thing to do is to listen to what they say and then uh, they'll direct you to the places that you need to go for whatever benefits you're looking for. Is there a website that somebody can begin at, Steve? Because I think so many times uh, you're overwhelmed with so many resources that maybe we need something a little more streamlined. Yes. Where's probably the yes. first place to go? I have a whole list, but the first place you want to go to is uh, www.va.gov, and that will cover everything. Uh, I have a booklet here that was given to me when I went over to the uh, VA hospital um, this past week, and it's called The Federal Benefits for Veterans, Dependents and Survivors, VA Pamphlet, 80 dash one two dash zero one p as in papa nine four six six three and this is a soft covered book that's hundreds of pages and tells everything that you need to know um or at least that you can get a hold of if you don't have a regional office near you 
I think that's what we're finding, too, is that not having necessarily regional offices close by, as we learned from our friend in Tennessee, they don't have a, a Veterans Administration really close by. So it's really important to know where we can find these things on the website. Yeah, this is, uh, again, the, the VA website will direct you to all the others, and there's got to be oh, a couple of dozen uh, places to go, phone numbers, websites, um, and all that will be on the, uh, the VA website. It's kind of overwhelming, Stephen, don't you think? Like, if you haven't... Um gotten into the system yet? I mean, do you go to your own doctor? What if you haven't seen your doctor in years? You know, what do you expect when you when you first get started in the program? When I first went, um, I, I, I lost my job a couple of years ago and I needed uh, some health care. So I went over to the, uh, the local uh, VA medical center and I uh, had medications that I was on and just wanted to get uh, a new prescription, so I had to go over and see a physician over there, figuring it was just going to take a few minutes to go in. You know, this is my history. I'll get my records from my previous PM, uh, PCP and move on. Well, two hours later, after telling our life stories to one another about our military service, uh, that was just the beginning. Um it's the number of things that they can do for you uh, at a very low cost or uh, using your own uh, health insurance if you have it, uh, going from a very small copay. So uh, if you don't have any insurance or any uh, appreciable income, uh, it's very minimal. But they will also take your regular uh, health insurance too, and there may be a slight copay with that too. But anyone, any veteran can go to the VA uh, medical centers and get treated. Now, the first thing they have to do again um, is to probably start at the uh, VA regional office. But if they have a, a a health center near them, they can go over there and get their ID card, which is important to have because everything's based off that. Can you get that online? Like, do you register? Like, it, yes, like, you you go in and register. Uh, bring in your DD two fourteen, which is your dis discharge papers, and they'll set you up if you're not already in the system. Then they'll uh, take your photograph. It's a photo ID, a hard plastic photo ID with information on it that uh, you can go anywhere in the country with it and whip out your ID card and, and get treatment or whatever you need. So it's national. So you can. So if you relocate, or if you're a snowbird and you go different places, that ideal work with any VA around the country. Yes. Yeah, because you're in the you're in the federal system, so you're in that computer database, and uh, you can go anywhere. And oh yeah, we see this, and this is what you what you need. They may go through uh, some routines that uh, you know they may not quite be sure about. Uh, if you have a new problem or something, but uh, the information's there, so you're you're part of the system. So, do they um, like if you have exposure issues? You know, like different different groups were exposed to different stuff. Is that worth talking about? Oh yes, yes. In fact, uh, being a Vietnam veteran, I was exposed to. Uh, 
Agent Orange. Now, the Agent Orange isn't only for Vietnam vets. Apparently, uh, they used defoliants over on the DMZ in Korea, uh, 68-69. So if you uh, were on the DMZ, probably in the 2nd Infantry Division over there, you should probably go and get checked out because you'll get into the uh, National uh, Agent Orange Registry. And there are a whole bunch of diseases that they've attributed to the uh, possibly linked to this Agent Orange exposure. Uh, leukemias, uh, chloracne, diabetes, Hodgkin's, uh, ischemic heart disease, uh, multiple myeloma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's disease, peripheral neuropathy, and subacute nervous system damage. Uh, Porphyria, cutanea tarda, prostate cancer, respiratory cancers, soft tissue sarcomas. Well, needless to say, if, if somebody comes uh, and discovers that they are now afflicted with some of these diseases, it could be attributed and therefore is where the benefits lie. That is correct. To be yes. in the system so that what benefits are available to them, they will be ready to receive them. But as with other uh, veterans from, you know, the more recently, um, the Gulf War primarily, uh, there's, there's problems with that too, uh, Gulf War syndrome and that sort of thing, which is why they need to go and get hooked into the system so that they can find out about these things. I think every military campaign has its own unique uh, circumstances that we have to tend to once everyone comes home, and um, this happens to be the best place to start so that so that you're armed for for it. Uh, Stephen, give us the uh, publication of that book again before we say goodbye, because we're just about at sure. the end of the show. Yeah, it's the it's a soft cover book and it's called Federal Benefits for Veterans, Dependents and Survivors. It's a VA pamphlet eight zero dash one two dash zero one. And there's another number P as in Papa nine four six six three. And that's a uh, publication from the government printing office for the uh, Veterans Administration. So I'm sure that we can make sure that everybody has a copy of that because obviously it seems like it's the golden book to have. Yes. <laughs> oh. Stephen, will you come back in a few weeks and give us another update on different VA benefits that we should oh, be aware of? Absolutely. We have so much that we can cover that uh, we haven't even touched on yet. <laughs> that sounds great. Stephen Boyd, thanks so much for your service and thanks for coming on. We appreciate all your information. Next week, Sandra, we've got a great lineup. We've got Dwight Zimmerman. He's the president of the Military Writers Society of America. We also have author Leland Shanko joining us, American Airlines in Burma, 1942. His book is entitled Project 7 Alpha. Thanks so much for being with us. This is Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Have a great week, everyone.